Hello, and welcome back to the Voices of the Valley Flora and Fauna. This is Soleil, Ramona, and Chambry. Spring is in the air, and our diary entry today will discuss a favorite harbinger of spring, the red-winged blackbird. That first familiar conqueree heard in late winter can be music to a birder's ear as well as to any nature lover. The lengthening of the days are often accompanied by the distinctive song of this handsome fellow. The common name for the red-winged blackbird is taken from the mainly black adults male distinctive red shoulder patches or epaulets, which are visible when the bird is flying or displaying. When observing the red-winged blackbird male, one is often treated to the song spread display, in which the male spreads its wing and partially spreads its tail while flaring those bright red epaulets and giving that distinctive conqueree song that you heard at the beginning of our show. At rest, the male actually shows a little pale yellow wing bar, and the female is quite different. In biological terms, this is called sexual dimorphism. The male and female simply don't look alike. With the male being mostly black with those bright epaulets, the female is, however, just a nondescript dark brown kind of mottled bird. And actually, she is often mistaken for a large sparrow. And so like these uh, red-winged blackbirds, they're quite common and prolific, aren't they? Yes, claims have been made that the red-winged blackbird is the most abundant living land bird in North America. Bird counting censuses of wintering red-winged blackbirds sometimes show that loose flocks can number in excess of a million birds per flock. There are actually some theories about why species in this family of birds are so successful. Shambri, what sort of adaptations do they have that help them survive so well? Well, Mom, now that you ask, a very interesting factor about this family of birds called the icterids is that they are endowed with strong bills. The bills are straight and have a sharp tip. The musculature controlling the opening and closing of the bill is modified, allowing them to open their bills with great strength. These birds use this adaption to their advantage in a feeding behavior known as gaping. They insert their bill into a substrate like soil, mud, or bark, and then, by forcibly spreading open their bill in crevices, they expose and seize insects that are hiding under sticks and stones, or in the bases of leaves. Food that, we, that would otherwise be hidden and inaccessible to other passerines um, are accessible to these icterids. Many experts consider gaping the main reason why icterids are so successful. That's really interesting. So um, where can we spot these guys on the valley floor, Soleil, and when? They are here now. In early spring, males arrive on the breeding grounds first and get to work establishing their territory a few days or so prior to the arrival of the females. Red-winged blackbirds are attracted to stands of cattails in marshy areas. Our valley floor beaver ponds and willow stands provide them an ideal breeding and nesting territory. Interestingly, the male possess a behavior called sight tenacity, whereby they prefer to return to their favorite stomping grounds and set up camp in the same neighborhood over several breeding seasons. Important factors for the male red-winged blackbird's adherence or nest tenacity to territories includes food, hiding spaces from predators, types of neighbors, and reactions towards predators. If any of you have spent any time watching these red-winged blackbirds, you know that they fiercely defend their territory during the breeding season, too. 
Yeah, and I read an ornithology article that said over a quarter of the male's time is actually spent vigorously defending his territory from other males and predators. These guys are busy. They do not hesitate to attack much larger animals, including people. I've actually been dive-bombed by male red-winged blackbirds and hit on the head. I have also videotaped a red-winged blackbird diving at and hitting an elk on the head that came up too close to its nest at the beaver pond there on the northern edge by the prairie dog colony. Shambri, what do we know about the antics of these playboys. Wow, Mom. Male red-winged blackbirds really do like to play the field, if you know what I mean. One male may have up to 15 different females nesting in his fiercely defended territory. In fact, red-winged blackbirds are one of the most polygamous of all bird species. On average, a single male has roughly five females. However, studies have found that a quarter to a half of the nestlings will be fathered by other males than the territorial male. Females have been observed dashing over to visit a neighboring mail for a quick visit. Naughty girl. And once a lady red-winged blackbird has found a suitable territory amongst a colony of other females, which by the way is called a harem, she gets to work building up her nest in cattails, rushes, sedges, and the grasses, and alder or willow bushes. The nest is constructed entirely by the female. It is a pretty little basket of grasses and sedges lined with mud and bound to the surrounding grasses or branches. And her clutch consists about three to four eggs. And if you look carefully along the edges of the ponds in the reed, you can often spot these little nests. Other mammals know of these nests and can spot them too. In fact, predation of eggs and nestlings is quite common. Nest predators include snakes, short-tailed weasels, raccoons, and other birds, even those as small as marsh wrens. Since nest predation is common, several adaptations have evolved in this species. Group nesting is one such trait. Living in a group reduces the risk of individual predation by increasing the number of alert parents. Nesting over water reduces the likelihood of predation, as do alarm calls. Nests in particular offer a strategic advantage over predators because they are often well concealed in thick waterside reeds and about six feet above the water. Yet another strategy is that males often act as sentinels and use a variety of calls to denote the kind and severity of the danger. Mobbing, as mentioned previously, is also used to scare off unwanted predators. The brownish coloration of the female may also serve as an anti-predator trait in that it may provide camouflage for her in her nest while she is incubating. And lastly, the red-winged blackbird, in case you were wondering what it eats, it's omnivorous, and it feeds mostly, primarily on plant materials, including seeds from the weeds and grains, uh, waste grains such as corn and rice. But about a quarter of its diet also consists of insects and other small mammals, especially during breeding season when they need that extra protein. And the red-winged blackbird prefers insects like dragonflies and damselflies, moths and flies, but it'll also eat some snails and frogs and worms, sometimes spiders. And red-winged blackbird are very important to farmers as they feed on insects harmful to crops. And like all animals on our valley floor, they play a critical role in that big and wonderful food web. So next time you're out walking near the beaver ponds and marshy areas, please remember to take a pause and listen for the distinctive conch recall of our red, epauletted, fancy-feathered friends. Thanks for listening to Voices of the Valley Flora and Fauna. And thank you, Ben and Kodo. Thank you.